welcome back to Cold Pizza. Hello. I'm glad you could join us again this week. We hope that these have been helpful for you as we take some of the uh, pieces of the sermon and kind of eat them cold a little bit, chew on them a little <laughs> bit more. I still don't like cold pizza. Yeah. I, I, I like to put like one slice in the toaster oven and then one slice cold. A little bit of both. <laughs> I'm glad you said oven. I thought you were, were going to say toaster. <laughs> Gravity's a, an enemy in that case. You can just uh, turn the toaster on its side. Good. Yeah. And start a fire. And heat the pizza up from the top and the bottom at the same time. I'm really hoping I get one of those uh, Batman toasters for Christmas. And just have some cold pizza with a Batman logo on it. <laughs> uh, yesterday we had the sermon from Hebrews chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, uh, called Consider. And uh, Pastor Matt has been on a run of one-word sermon names, starting, <laughs> starting with run. Uh, I think that this one is super helpful, particularly because, <clears throat> sorry, we are both sick, of the primary, uh, no pun intended, picture that you gave yesterday of this idea of this gallery wall. Um, I, I know a lot of folks have been to uh, your house and have seen that, and or at least familiar with the idea of them. And it really does paint such a good picture. I'm going to keep saying that. Um, <laughs> Just pun it up. It's, it's, there's all over the place. Just do it. <laughs> it really paints a really good picture of of how of what considering is. Uh, mm. Instead of just having that one focal point, um, which is good and fine, to have that smattering of um, different perspectives, ideas, uh, it really lets you cover a gamut of values versus any mm. one particular one uh, that may or may not need to be a you know a triumphant one picture. Yeah, yeah. So I really like that. But the way that you set it up was helping us see the idea. Then you, you said, hey, there's certainly some big ones, like the one who came to earth, the one who took our sin and wrath, as we saw yeah. uh, recently with propitiation, um, <clears> of course, as Pastor Jeff pushed for us, then that defeated death. Uh, but the idea then is, all right, so what else is on the gallery wall of your faith? Mm-hmm. Um, what are some for you that kind of come to mind? Um, and and help us see how it's not just simply our systematics, <laughs> but even uh, just ways that God has met you or your family. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know... <clears throat> Let me uh, step to the side and say something to the side that's related, but not directly to the question, and then I'll get to the question. But it also is somehow a part of the question, an answer to the question too, and that is kind of how the <clears throat> um, thinking about manhood and womanhood, and how this is the gallery wall is played out in our in our lives. As I was sharing this with someone after the um, meeting last night, our family meeting which was very delightful, by the way. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that time. Um, and, and sorry for my voice, y'all. Um, it's getting progressively worse, but that's all right. The gargle um, and gravel. My, uh, you know, shout out to my wife, uh, of which I'm so thankful for, has been on this journey of, um, un, you know, under my leadership of what does it look like to live as my helper, as my helpmate, and... And doing so is, you know, as my wife, which means uniquely feminine, and and being the helper to me, not to the husband that she wants to have, <laughs> but the husband that she does have, 
and not the husband with the mission that she wishes she had, but the husband with the mission that she does have. Mm-hmm. And, and what it looks like in that mission to create a, a, a unique household that uh, displays the glory of God in masculine ways and in beautiful feminine ways. And, and so one of the, one of the things that's kind of been birthed out of that is, is decorating our home in a way that's not just, Oh, that looks cool or, Oh, that's, that fits, but like something that we believe uniquely displays the glory of God from our family. And so what happens that that then births those thoughts birth a gallery wall. And not that that's the only way to do that, but it's just the way God has led us to do that. And, and at least for this season, <clears throat> well then, so you, my point is you have me trying to live uniquely as the husband and leader of my household. And then you have my wife trying to do the unique role as my helper, a helper to me. Mm-hmm. And then comes the gallery wall. Well, well, then now that happens, you know, in the past couple of years. Now, fast forward to this past week where the context is me trying to lead in mission for my family, which involves leading a church and preaching and all those things. And you have my wife doing her role. And then you have this wall up with these beautiful pictures and me sitting not near that wall, but in my office out in our separate building, I'm studying my sermon and what comes to my mind, like by the spirit, I believe in that moment comes to my mind when I'm thinking about how do I communicate, consider. And what happens then is God takes my mind and connects it back to the gallery wall. Mm-hmm. So, so you have just this beautiful picture there that in that moment, my wife, who over the past couple of years has been working on her role, does something awesome that then the Lord uses to bring to my mind as I'm preparing a sermon mm-hmm. to then use as an illustration in that sermon to, to communicate God's word. Mm-hmm. So my, my point in saying that is like my preaching in that moment with that metaphor is not just me and God sitting in a, with the Bible sitting in a room, but is coming from me and the Bible and the spirit in the room and my wife and the spirit and faithfulness from your wife. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So you have the, the beautiful picture of a submissive God fearing wife doing her role that then has huge impacts on then the preaching of God's word, which then is going to translate into this conversation. It's going to translate into the multiple people who have already voiced being helped by that, mm-hmm. let alone the other people um, that just heard and are, it's going to stick like those. I just wanted to draw it like that. To, so then I think to circle back around to your question, <clears throat> God's, you know, one of the pictures up on the gallery wall is God's making man and woman as uniquely male and female and making a wife to be a helper. Um, that when I consider 
Jesus, like his created order in that fashion um, is absolutely stunning and beautiful. And when we just submit and trust him, the the effects are, in, I mean, amazing. I mean, think about the, the train that I just, the, the string mm-hmm. there that I just pulled for you from, from God, the spirit, the word, to my wife, to me, the word, the spirit, to them preaching. <clears throat> well, don't just stop there. Then the people who heard are going to be impacted by that string <clears throat> that then is going to change the way they parent the way they raise their next generation which is going to raise they raise the next generation the way they're going to raise the next generation like like god the the lord would plan it that way like that's a another picture for me that's up on that wall i i think another picture for me on that wall is and some of this came out of um you know the suffering and challenges of the past couple years um, where I'm having to go back to the word and say, all right, um, these things about Matt McBee and the way he leads, the way he talks, the decisions, the way, what he chooses to do in certain particular moments or respond or tone of voice or all those things, um, are being challenged mm-hmm. as, and, and named as sinful or wrong, um, offensive. And, I'm, and I have to go back. So, so where do I go? I, I go to the Gospels. And particularly, uh, I think at that point, I, I think it was the book of Matthew. Mm-hmm. And just slowly walked through and watched Jesus. And, and so it really helped me paint pictures that were less like indicatives um, from scriptures, but more, um, I'm sorry, less imperatives from scriptures and more like indicatives of Jesus mm-hmm. to be emulated. <clears throat> so in that, like you see Jesus's, um, so some of the things that stand out to me of pictures on that wall from my time in Matthew is um, uh, times where Jesus is very forthright mm-hmm. and very, um, uh, and, and other times where he's, he, you might argue, oh, well, Jesus probably should have said something there that was unkind, and he, he chose not to say anything. Um, or the times where he is gentle and soft and let the children come to me. And then the times where he's sarcastic, where he says, uh, um, you know, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Um like that's that's very sarcastic, um, but he says that, and 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 the times where he calls them brood of vipers, or he basically tells the disciples, "Well, how much longer do I got to be with you?" Like watching him, uh, those are all pictures that are now just deeply embedded in my mind that are that are up on the gallery wall that I'm, I. You know, for a, for a year plus, I mean, even still to this day, still plagued with some of this. When someone puts an unbiblical expectation on your conscience, it binds your conscience to something that you don't have the grace to do. Absolutely. So what's happened is my conscience was being held to and bound to standards that I don't have the ability to actually even accomplish. And so the freedom that comes from binding my conscience only to God's word and, and knowing that I have the grace there mm-hmm. is huge. 
So when I look at that wall and I see this picture of, well, this is where Jesus is, is kind and, and this is where Jesus seemed like he was a jerk. And, and here's where, you know, the, these other aspects of Christ um, uh, just been so helpful and powerful for me. Yeah, I think so. that's, that's super helpful, especially when your conscience is being bound to an unbiblical standard. Yet even within the same breath here in Hebrews, we have this picture of the perfect man before God and the perfect God before man, yeah. Jesus. And so I think that, that that combination in there with this idea of consider uh, is so so helpful. And, and what you led off with, I mean, it, there's a danger of either running into full legalism, um, but the design is that you would realize your insufficiency. And so you need to then make Jesus the conscious object of your faith. Yeah. Consider this gallery wall. And I think, too, the picture of the gallery wall is helpful because for me, over the past, I don't know, eight years, <coughs> has been all about building convictions to stand yeah. on, right? There's a will yeah. hold you. And this is is that, but it's also a little bit more than that, right? This speaks more to our our aura, our aroma, yeah, aroma, uh, our, yeah. our our character and confidence aspect than that. Yeah. Um, it's another. Th- it's it's one thing to know that Jesus uh, became man. It's another to see him live as man, to see him respond to these things. To back to Pastor Jeff's picture of Jesus before Lazarus, right? And it's not supposed to be this way. Like that, that's different than just your systematic theology. Yeah. Biblical conviction. Yeah. These are the things that, those are certainly the, the foundation uh, that you stand on, but then you have this house <laughs> built on top, right? Yeah. And how do we live? How do we serve within this house? And it comes by that kind of actual surprise relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and a couple of things are you've got to have the, uh, indicative solid f- systematic theological foundation mm-hmm. <clears throat> other you know to 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 guide the rest that I'm about to say but but after that you've and and I was really helped by Doug Wilson's book Reforming Marriage that's where I first thought of the idea of aroma <clears throat> and, and in that context in marriage but like that's where, um, you know, in, in our preaching philosophy here at Christ the Lord, where we move beyond just the clear imperatives uh, and the indicatives and get into the, the wisdom of what does this look like? And that's you. And unless you start getting into that, you don't uh, the, the talk of aroma the aroma of your house or the aroma of, of the character of Christ. Like that's what it begins to start to start to fill out. That's kind of what I wanted to end our conversation with today is this next idea um, of playing that out because we have in the last verse that we covered very clear verbs, right? He says, we are this house. If so conditional statement, we do what we hold fast. That's a Mm -hmm. verb, right? And we boast yeah, <laughs> in our hope. So let's pretend that we're actually decent preachers and we land with application saying, all right, church, so you need to go hold fast. 
hold fast your confidence. And they're like, all right, we can do that. And go boast in your hope. And you're like, all right, we can do that. And they're probably going to say that that's just like, like worship or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and sure, that's that's I guess faithful to the text. But what's he actually talking about? And I think that's what you are what you just said. Like we're going to drive into explaining what holding fast is, what our confidence is. We're going to tell you to boast. <laughs> yeah. And and we're going to say how to boast and yeah. what that hope is. So how would you drive into these things? Yeah. Well, first of all, um, what does boasting mean? Are we allowed to do that? <laughs> you know, I, I think we just what comes to my mind immediately right here. Um, and it's just this is the way I think. Um, or this reveals the way I think. I, I, I pretty much where I go first is what are other people going to think? Like yes. that's, that's the way I think. Sure. <clears throat> so am I going to get in trouble? If bo- I do this? If, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boasting, uh, means that other people are probably going to think that you're arrogant mm-hmm. or that you're confident or that you're not trusting in the Lord mm-hmm. or that you're overlooking your woundedness mm-hmm. or you're um, not being <clears throat> weak. You're not being weak, and Jesus was weak, and Paul says, "I boast in my weakness." Right? Um, which the, that's true, and all those other statements could be true. Um, but in in our culture, one of the greatest um, uh, what's the word? Uh, money, uh, currency. One of the greatest currencies is is being the victim. Yep. Is is. If you got that, you get empathy, and then you can control everybody. So it just pays to be the most hurt person in the room. It pays to to be the most pitiful person in the room. It, yep. it, it pays. Um, you get people to feel sorry for you. So the idea of then, and, and that's not always been the case. That's just our current cultural moment. Sure. <clears throat> um, but then you take the idea of, no, actually, you know what? Listen, I... I, I'm not perfect, but I have reason to boast. Like, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm good because I have hope that the builder will finish his house. Yes. I, I No, I'm, I'm fine. Like and that house and that builder I, is glorious. You know what? Like right now, I know my life's falling apart, but, but I'm good. Mm-hmm. I, I'm really good because I've got hope. Yeah. Now, 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 now hear me clearly. I, I'm not saying that, that in that moment – you know, life's falling apart, that grieving doesn't have a place mm-hmm. or that you're not going to wrestle through anxiousness or depression or, you know, th- those uh, uh, unfortunate emotions. Um, but what I am saying is that it is okay for someone to come along and be fine in that moment. It's okay for someone to come along and be fine and then to encourage you to be confident. Yes, it's okay. And to hold fast to that. It's okay if you walk up to someone who's, say, for example, their marriage is falling apart. It's okay to walk up to them and for them to be fine. Mm-hmm. Now, how they're fine is important. Okay, that's, that's the object of these two verbs. Yes. Why? Because that person can be fine if they're holding fast to the confidence mm-hmm. of the cross and the resurrection and the builder will finish and that they're boasting in that moment that you know regardless of what happens with my marriage 
I have hope. Because in verse 6, it says, but Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. Because it means it's his. Mm -hmm. It's his inheritance. And he owns it all. And, and my, my point, I want us to, we got to get away from this, like, suspicion that just because <laughs> that person isn't, like, weeping and saying, pray with me for 20 hours, and, and will you fast with me, and, and, and oh, that, 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 that somehow something's wrong and they must be, <clears throat> oh, they must be wounded and don't realize it, or they must be suppressing the truth, or, or they must be escaping their reality. Like, yes, all those things are potential, but they're not necessarily the case. Yes. That person might just be good because they're good in Jesus and they know it. Well, it's not even not necessarily going to be the case. It should not, usually not be the case. Yeah, yeah, that, that's right. That's I mean, because that's that's what's happening here. Yes, I mean, he's telling them, like, I get it. You're you're being tempted. You're being persecuted. But I here's what I want you to do. I want you to hold fast to these truths, and I want you to boast in it. Like I want you holding fast so tightly mm-hmm. that the reality could be nothing other than like, so in your mind, you cannot comprehend any other reality than the builder will finish his house. Yep. And you're that house. And if you don't have that, then where does that lead to? Cowardice. Yes. Right. Cowardice. Even while what we have is superior, at least to cowardice. And what I particularly like about this, this next coming, this whole section is what comes up next week. What comes up next in the passage? Cowardice. Mm, yeah. Cowardice yeah. in the wilderness. Mm, yeah. All right? Yep, yep. <laughs> Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion or the day of testing in the wilderness. Um, where, where your fathers put me to the test and saw my works. For 40 years. And, and the thing that he's uh, implying here, uh, it, or the lead-in, rather, to... To the second part of verse seven, so today if you hear his voice, you know harden your heart says in rebellion. The lead into that is failure to enter the promised land, yep. which is the cowardice you're speaking of. Yeah, they went in and they said, "But these, but these giants, they're too big. That's we right. can't do this." Right in that moment, they failed to have, they failed to boast mm-hmm. in the hope that God would build His house. Yep, and for them is quite physically literal. Quite physically, yes. Yes, it's gonna knock down their houses. We're gonna, yes, we're gonna burn them. them. We're gonna burn them all down. (laughs) And listen, ours is not much less physical here either. Yeah, that's true. There is a new heavens and a new earth that is coming. Yeah, where the houses of homosexuals, the houses of uh, tyrannical governments, the how those houses will be torn down. And there will be a heavenly throne in the city of Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And there will be homes on this earth filled with the glory of God. So it's, it's yes. So therefore, go. holy brothers, you who share in this heavenly calling. Yes. Consider Jesus. Yes. Consider Jesus. Amen. Well, there's a lot more that we could tackle. We, we didn't cover a lot of the legalism stuff. Um, we definitely could spend more time on the representative component, but I think that that's the call for us here. 
Um, and and to go work in the house. That's where you were heading. Mm-hmm. So we want to encourage you to go work in the house. Yeah. With confidence and with boasting. How would your home be different? How would your workplace be different? How would our church be different if we had people here in, in, that were secure, held fast in their confidence and boasting? Yes. Amen. It would have changed everything for verse 7. Mm-hmm. Back in Absolutely. Jersey, had none of the promised land. Yeah. So, yeah, let's uh, let's go into the land, as uh-huh. we talked about in Joshua. Yeah. Wherever your corner is, wherever mm-hmm. the corner, the half-acre property God's given you, you know, the workplace, the car, the relationships, the neighbors, um, the house, all of it. Yep. And you'll find that that will fill up your gallery wall, too. Yeah. Amen. So always return to the gallery wall. All right, guys, thank you for joining us this week. We want to thank you for uh, sticking with us on uh, some of these different directions that these can go. I hope it's helpful as we fill in some gaps and uh, kind of develop some more ideas. But with that, we want to encourage you, as always, in our mission to go know, love, and obey Jesus as Lord of all. See you guys next week. Goodbye.